Good morning, everyone. Friends, in our first reading, uh, the prophet Ezekiel is being sent um, to the leaders of the known nations of the time. Um, and he's telling them um, that they bear responsibility uh, to point out the wrongdoings of the people and um, to show them the error of their ways uh, so that they can reform. Uh, the problem is, is their leaders aren't uh, acting appropriately either. And uh, so um, God sends in a prophet to speak to them about it. And um, our second reading, I think, becomes very clear. Uh, if we love our neighbor, uh, we would not harm them in any way. And uh, the fulfillment, when you love somebody, you don't commit adultery. When you love somebody, you don't kill them. When you love somebody, you don't steal from them, correct? Um, so you see what Paul is getting at. And uh, our gospel reading certainly uh, tells us about the duty of a Christian regarding fraternal correction. And, um, but there's a proper way to do this. And my friends, certainly our first reading in our gospel has a very obvious and very predominant theme about correction, conversion. Um, and I need to point out that Matthew uses brother uh, in his gospel to mean another member of the church. He's not talking about someone in another city. He's talking about their community. And um, so referring to this, he's saying you must correct your fellow Christian brother or sister. And ultimately, he'll say if they will not have a conversion and reformation of their heart um, uh, to excommunicate them. That is how we would understand it in our time, to excommunicate them, which is very harsh. Um, but there it is. And my friends, so regarding fraternal correction, we should individually and collectively then, as a faith community, apply and administer such correction out of love and with charity of heart and never out of spite or revenge. Uh, certainly St. Paul would agree with Father Mark's statement. Uh, other things that I may say, maybe he won't agree with. <laughs> uh, that's okay. He's a saint, huh? Uh, I'm still working on that. My friends, having said all of that, um, there is something deeper going on in our readings today, uh, our first reading and our gospel, and that's what I want to focus on. Um, so uh, in our first reading, I would say that uh, God is disappointed in the leaders of his time, the ones he put into place. They weren't doing what they were supposed to be doing. So we have this sense of disappointment. And in Matthew's gospel, uh, Something's going on, and um, I believe what's happening is that there's disappointment also, but in this case, in the people. The people are disappointed about something, and uh, they're probably disillusioned about something. And I say this because Matthew's community, the Gospel of Matthew, was uh, put together later than Mark's Gospel. Remember, Mark's Gospel is the first one written, and then comes Luke. Um, so by the time Matthew writes his gospel, um, the church community is more established. And um, because that community is more established, they have experienced uh, the advantages of having a faith community. Um, but um, uh, they also have, um, if you will, experienced the disillusionment of a faith community. Uh, they probably had idealistic ideas about it, and maybe it was there, but now something else is going on. Um, 
Matthew's uh, community experience what I call the real human aspects of living in community um, with its sinful elements. Uh, particularly uh, for Matthew's community, uh, there was this uh, notion of dissension and uh, disillusionment about um, how Christians should be acting. And uh, uh, people became, in Matthew's time, more aware of the less pleasant side of human nature. Uh, Having said this, though, um, they were not going to allow that to destroy their community. Matthew proposes a remedy for it, that members of the faith community uh, confront their neighbors about wrongdoings, uh, of course, in a proper way, uh, and even exclude them altogether from the community if the person lacks contrition uh, or repentance, and thus the real desire for transformation. Matthew also puts forth a positive side of living in Christian community, meaning the graces and blessings that flow from a community that's filled with faith, that are trying to live out the faith. It is clear that the sins and immaturity of some of the members of Matthew's faith community and the necessity for confronting them about these issues and dealing with them did not cancel out the awareness of the many blessings and graces of Jesus Christ. My friends, um, very quickly, if you didn't pick up on it, Matthew in the gospel says, uh, go privately and talk to the person. If that doesn't work, bring others with them. If that doesn't work, then tell the church. <laughs> there was no church. <laughs> so what's the problem? The problem is semantics uh, and our way of translating. So certainly in, when Matthew, because when, he has Jesus saying it, and Jesus told them, this well there wasn't the church but certainly in the strict sense that we understand it but by then jesus had already assembled his apostles so they are already a community they're already a faith community so the real the greek and the aramaic would refer to it as a community but remember matthew's gospel matthew's writing it much later and there's already a church so he's going to use the word church so i don't want you to be disturbed for those who study and say oh there was no how can you say that? There wasn't one. Well, it's just, it's just a translation oh, that's happening. In a very pointed way, Matthew balances negative experiences by recalling the Lord's promise that, in spite of challenges and even failures, Jesus will continue to be with them um, every time they come to deal with problems properly. But the Lord will still be there to guide them. My friends, sometimes we have romanticized and idyllic notions of many things, politics, people, even the church. Last night, I told people when I went to the seminary, I spent five years in the seminary, and that was community life, something that I was not used to. I was used to living alone. Now is living with 120 other men. Um, and... I look back and I laugh, um, but it's not so funny. Maybe at the time it wasn't so funny. Sometimes it would put a note on my door of my bedroom, don't even think about knocking because <laughs> I didn't want to be bothered. <laughs> I just wanted to be alone. So uh, you can see uh, living in community has its challenges. On the other hand, it was wonderful to come together uh, for morning prayer and evening prayer with these gentlemen. And... Uh, my friends, the romanticized and idealistic notions of living in community, of church, of a faith community, uh, must give way to a more realistic understanding. I came very quickly to understand 
or what community, because I know I can't do it. I can't. <laughs> um, but um, our ideas uh, must give way to more realistic understandings and that its members must be prepared, I'm talking about us, to acknowledge that sin will always be around, but that gra God's grace is also available, always. So, my friends, what am I getting at? Is there today in our church disillusionment and disappointments? Yes. With its leadership, perhaps in this case, because I'm your pastor, maybe you feel that way about me. And uh, okay, uh, don't do that to me, though. <laughs> don't build a cross and put me on it. <laughs> Because if you do, I'll become a martyr. <laughs> but rather, uh, pray for your pastor. Pray for the leaders. And um, for many Catholics, our time certainly has its share of disappointments and thus disillusionments, particularly in the area of church leadership, uh, whether because of the sexual abuse scandals uh, or because some people perceive that the bishops uh, haven't had a backbone uh, in the arena of politics and uh, um, influencing society greater. Uh, many of our members wonder when all the bad press will finally come to an end. I know even as priest, every time I watch the news and I hear about another priest or another bishop that's done something wrong, I think, Lord, when is this going to stop? Lots of our members still reminisce extensively about the former days of the church and uh, when there was plenty of priests and religious vocations and rarely, if ever, was there a scandal um, associated with the ordained or those in consecrated life. And uh, certainly in our time now, people uh, are very disappointed, perhaps, with our government uh, and its handling of different things, whether it be, you know, politics in other countries, whether it be the handling of the pandemic, whatever it might be. My friends, furthermore, uh, many feel uh, there was a stronger sense of unity in the church in past times, in that, that time of disenchantment uh, of our own members. But as we read in the gospel account today, this is what was happening in the Matthean community, in Matthew's community. They had disappointments. They had disillusionment also about the community and about how it should be. And uh, it had to have been a very stormy time uh, for Matthew's community because the suggestion was, if we have members that are not going to abide, meaning Matthew's community, you are to excommunicate them, get them out. And uh, that tells me there were problems and serious ones for Matthew's community of the Lord's presence in their community, his graces, his blessings within the community and the Lord's willingness to help them if that community asked. That's the challenge for us today as church. That's the challenge for us today uh, as a parish here in Gig Harbor. This is a time for Catholic communities, all of them, to come together and to pray earnestly for the church and her leaders uh, and to stop... Uh, Stop disparaging them. That's not going to help anything. Prayer does. Prayer leads to action. So we ask our members to pray for our leadership. Pray for your pastors. Pray for me. I need that. Huh? 
And we pray uh, for those uh, who have caused harm to others uh, by their behaviors and their words. And uh, we also pray for all the victims that we now know about uh, uh, for the harm caused to them. My friends, I bring this up uh, because when you read Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, I want you to understand that um, his community had these problems. But Matthew's community survived the storms that came for them. Is it because we have his gospel? No, not necessarily because we have his gospel. We have something else. We have the very writings and accounts of St. Ignatian, the bishop of Antioch. If you don't know this, Antioch is the Matthean community. And St. Ignatius is writing his letters. So that tells me and you that the Matthean community survived their storms. Whatever it was that was going on, whatever crazy time was happening, they made it, and they made it together. The church today will survive the storms that are here, any that come, and we will be better for it, just as that community was, right? So each of us can have inspiration, but more than that right now, because I listen to our parishioners, meaning they come to talk to me about many things in the confessional, which is supposed to be strictly about the relieving of sins. Oftentimes I hear about concerns, complaints, and stuff like that. So I know that our community, uh, they're very worried and have concerns about a great many things, from politics to people to medicine to the church. And um, so I want you to have peace of mind and heart. And I want you to remember, if you will, these words. And I want you, more importantly, to remember Matthew's community and how it struggled to deal with its challenges and problems while maintaining we must do the same. That was the spirit of the church of Matthew's time. That was the spirit of the church of St. Ignatius of Antioch and his community. That must be ours also. So we have great reason always to hope, don't we? Even when it's crazy time right now. And it is, isn't it? It's crazy time right now. Um, I often think maybe this would be a great time for Father Mark to go on a sabbatical. But where would I go? <laughs> I can't go to Canada. <laughs> they won't let us in. <laughs> they don't want Americans there. I can't go to Mexico, really. They don't want us there. I can't go to Italy. They don't want us there. What is God telling me? Where I am at is where I'm supposed to be. I'm supposed to be with you. I am your pastor and your shepherd. I am to remain with you and walk with you now. Even if I feel is always right, I can be wrong often. 